Legend tells us that Loch Ness was created in anger by the Celtic Winter Queen, the goddess Dark Bera, or Kalia Bea. When her maid Nessa was late to attend to her duties, Bera raged and transformed Nessa into a river, the River Ness. Nessa eventually managed to escape the confines of the river, stretching to become the deep waters of Loch Ness. The perfect location for a mystery then, and a home for a great sea serpent. Deep waters aren't for everyone. There's a charm about them though. When the waves lap lazily against the shore or how the sway of a boat can ease even the most troubled souls. Men and creatures alike call this place home, some for decades, others for centuries. In Scotland, home to castles and bagpipes and one of the raddest accents I've ever heard lies Loch Ness. A large freshwater lake that extends nearly 23 miles. The name may ring a bell, and it should for this lake, or loch, is home to rich history and carved stone that tells stories of strange beasts that lurk within these waters. That's because many have believed for centuries that the deep water was home to more than just fish, but to the great Loch Ness Monster. Welcome back to Icar and Ink, where we dredge the depths of the horrific and hilarious in all their gore and glory. I am, as always, Micah. I'm Chelsea. And today we will explore one of the most fascinating and relentless legends to date, the Loch Ness Monster. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and enjoy. We're just two nerdy authors who love telling stories, and this is Icar Nick. Chelsea, I want to bring up right off the bat, we've, we've been doing pretty good. We've been steady with our, our mm -hmm. uploads. Our videos, I think, have gotten better. Our stories, uh, our stories are great. I love the stories. I hope people are getting that. We don't do a lot of fancy stuff. We, we tell good stories. And if you tune in, you're going to learn something. You're going to hear a new story. That's what I like about it. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I got I got a dang uh, comment the other day. <gasps> Girl. What? Most of the comments are so supportive. Most of the comments are so nice. But this comment, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it cracked me up. Because it said, uh, y'all's uh, grasp of the English language took away any enjoyment I could have from watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up. I think it, I think it was the vampire episode, which I know, I know we we mispronounced a few a, a few things there, and uh, and I know we mispronounce things all the time because you know uh, we're people. We're pe yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we talk about things all across the world and in uh, different different dialects, different languages. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, disclaimer: we're gonna we're gonna mispronounce some words. So to to that user, mm, that's about it. I don't I don't care much. I, say much I am not it, apologizing. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're not here to pronounce words. This is not an English channel. No. Okay. This is a this is a fun <laughs> stories. We are writers. 
And I'll tell you, we are very good at what we do, but writing is not speaking. Oh, we are not no. speakers. So <laughs> get over it. What my favorite thing is, and what's so fascinating about the world language is exactly what you just brought up uh, moments prior, which was the dialect. And you will find that across all different regions, one simple word could be pronounced in entirely different ways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so everybody Easily. learns their things differently. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the, I can't remember who said it. I can look it up, but I, I'm sure other people have heard it before. Mm-hmm. The author says, I think, it's, I think it's an author, but they said, never make fun of someone who mispronounces a word because that means they read it and haven't heard it. Ooh. Right. Right. It's good. It's good. It's good. Because, yeah. If you mispronounce a word, that means you know the word. And how do you know it? You've read it. You've learned it. It doesn't mean you can pronounce it right. It doesn't mean you know how to say it, but you've read it and you've learned it. So, right. So never, so never, never make fun of somebody for mis- mispronouncing a word. Mm-mm. I mean, you can, because it is hilarious, but. Of course. Of uh, course. I, uh, I, ended like our- a, I ended a friendship, literally ended a friendship one time because my friend uh, at the time kept referring to the word melee as mealy. I, and and he, he wouldn't stop. And I know it can be said either way, but let's be honest. It's melee. It's melee. It's not mealy. And you got some pent up rage there. I ended the friendship. It's over. Done. That's why we don't talk anymore, bro. Cause you say mealy and not melee. (laughs) So, uh, Mike, I'm surprised you haven't ended a friendship with me then. (laughs) Oh Lord. (laughs) Don't even start. I edit. I edit every one of those out. So no one knows, Chelsea. Don't don't throw yourself under the bus. Nobody knows. That's why I don't, said I'm not apologizing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I edit as much as I can. It's all good. So, you know, if, if, that, if that person's triggered by some mispronunciations, that's fine. Uh, you don't have to watch. But, uh, you know, if you do, you're going to you're going to hear some stories. You're going to learn some some fun stuff. So mm-hmm. across Scotland you'll find stone carvings that date back between the 6th and 9th century that depict a large and mysterious beast with flippers. These carvings are believed to belong to the Pict, a group of people who earned their name due to their love for body painting and tattooing, Pict translating to painting. The Pict are descendants of pre-Celtic natives, first noticed in 297 AD by a Roman writer who spoke heavily about the attacks against the Hadrian Wall. This is why this is why we do the show. This is why this is why I find this stuff so interesting. I hope other people do too. Just that first paragraph. I mean, I'm already I've already learned stuff I hadn't I hadn't known. This is this is a, thank you, Chelsea. You're welcome. Thank you for not listening to the haters and the commenters that say we can't pronounce words and providing us with this kind of narrative. I appreciate that. Yeah, let's uh, let's freaking do this. All right, all right. But it would be St. Columba who would write the very first account of encountering a great beast in the water. In the 6th century, the Irish monk was staying at the mouth of the river Ness. One account states that St. Columba heard of a monster upon his stay and asked one of his men to go out and explore the waters. When it was confirmed that monster indeed existed, he made a sign of the cross and banished the great beast deep into the confines of Loch Ness, earning its name. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Another account was that the monster was attacking a couple of swimmers. The beast had already struck one swimmer and was preparing to attack the other when Columba saw and intervened. In this account, 
he faced the great sea serpent and ordered it to go back. The beast obeyed, and it would go centuries with only occasional sightings by the locals, fulfilling a promise to never attack again. However, it would be in 1933 that the legend would be brought back to life. After the Loch Ness Road was completed, there was an unobstructed view of the lake. A couple happened to be passing by in April and saw, as they described it, a dragon or prehistoric monster. Mm. After it crossed their path on the road, it slid back into the murky depths of the water, not to be seen again. So bizarre was this encounter that it was even reported in the Scotland newspaper. I love the idea of this uh, St. Columba. Yeah. You know, understanding the beast and having this the, the power to banish it. And that's why it only appears at certain times. And that's why it, it, it stays in Loch Ness because it has been banished. There has been some power keeping it there. Supernatural. That, you know, that goes all the way back to the 6th century. You know, yeah, that's that's freaking awesome. Look, I look love at the stone lore. carvings. The look at this lore, man. Yeah. You know, eight, did, did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? Now you do. So, user whatever your name is, go go. <laughs> oh, violent Micah today, violent. Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the great legend of the Loch Ness monster does not come without major influence of Scottish lore, but to better understand it, we must understand where the Scots are originally from. The history of Scotland is quite complex and it's safe to say that we would have to take an entire episode to explore just how layered their origins are. From Romans to Celtics to even Eastern Asia Minor, it's worth a search to learn for yourself how epic the history is. But let's give a high level overview just so we can better understand the nature of the lore that makes up Scotland. Between the 5th and 10th century, the region of Scotland and the surrounding area was a collection of rulers and kingdoms, most notably the Picts and the Scots. Unlike the modern Scots, these Scots were more known as the Giles, a type of Celtic people. So you have these Celtics and long-believed wild pagans who liked to paint themselves in epic motions to display their spiritualism and preparedness for things like battles. But the times were changing. Between 839 AD and 848 AD, Kenneth McAlpin would rise up among the Scots of Dalriada to push eastwards, conquering the large swaths of land. It would be McAlpin who would establish the first kingdom of Scotland, forcing together the Picts and the Scots, who at the time did not get along. This would be known as the Kingdom of Alba. The Scottish lore is heavily influenced by these cultures. We have Celtic and Pagan origins, along with a stream of evolved myths that have shaped what many now consider modern Scotland. So let's take a look at this. She's become known as one of the most unsolved mysteries in Scottish history. Her long neck protrudes from the murky waters, and it is said that one, maybe two humps, can be seen, along with her black scales and sea serpent-shaped body. She is massive and calls Loch Ness her home. From all around the world, she's affectionately known as Nessie. There is an actual database with reported sightings of Nessie available to the public. To date, there are 1,141 sightings and counting. Wow, that's that's pretty awesome. I'm going to yeah. go look at that. That's pretty cool. Miss Nessie. Yeah. But rumor has it that she may have more than just a mythological origin. 
Remember that sighting in 1933? Well, turns out that this sighting was suggested as a survivor of the plesiosaur, the flippered marine reptile that coexisted with dinosaurs. A further prehistoric connection came with the discovery of a fossil near Loch Ness. This small, ancient, armored fish lived in freshwater lakes that used flippers to move around. The fossil, nicknamed Pessy, or prehistoric Nessie, is now on display in Inverness Museum and Art Gallery. But we're not here for prehistoric fun. We're here to learn a little myth. Turns out that the actual Loch Ness, not the monster, has mythological origin. Legend tells us that Loch Ness was created in anger by the Celtic Winter Queen, the goddess Dark Bera, or Kalia Bea. When her maid Nessa was late to attend to her duties, Bera raged and transformed Nessa into a river, the River Ness. Nessa eventually managed to escape the confines of the river, stretching to become the deep waters of Loch Ness. The perfect location for a mystery then, and a home for a great sea serpent. But there's more to the Loch Ness than just Nessie herself. In fact, there's quite a legend that surrounds the lake to being home to not only the sea serpent, but to the Kelpie as well. Scotland's lochs and rivers are said to be home to Kelpies and water horses. Stories of these beasts describe beautiful creatures who could shapeshift, taking human or animal form. Despite their beauty, they were deadly luring men and women into the watery deep. So what do you think it is? Is Loch Ness the home of Nessie, or something far more supernatural, like a Kelpie who happens to take the shape of grand creatures? This right here was worth the price of admission. Talking about Dark Bera and and Nessa, and when Bera turned her, she turned her into a river, the River Ness. And once she was able to escape, it stretched to become the deeps of Loch Ness. Mm -hmm. What rich lore that is, man, that is awesome. I love that. Would you have learned that anywhere else? Uh, commenter who said we can't pronounce things. No, you wouldn't have. So just, just deal with it. Go become a river. <laughs> yeah. Go, go become a river. Don't be pissing off goddesses and gods. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know we are. Please. Obvious. Well, that does it for this chapter of Icker and Ink. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel if you want more content like this. Hit the bell to be notified when new content drops, which is every week. We're shooting for three a week. We will definitely do two a week. So hit the bell so you know when they drop. For all of our amazing listeners out there, we ask that you would share this channel with one person this week. We would greatly appreciate it. Do you have a suggestion or a creepy story that you'd like us to touch on? If you do, email us at ickerandinkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember to tell us if you want your name mentioned or if you'd like to remain anonymous. Shout out to Michelle Piper at mpiper underscore rights on Instagram. She is supporting us financially and receiving a bunch of goodies in return. So thank you for that. She is one of us. You could be two. Merch is a thing. Patreon is a thing. We truly thank you all for joining us each and every week. Please like and subscribe. Until next time, I have been Micah. I've been Chelsea. Together we have been Icker and Ink, and you have been a Barutiful audience. Good night. Good night. <laughs>